One of the lessons I've learned in martial arts is that standing still is asking to be hit. If you stand still in business, your competition is gonna catch up. I start each morning practicing martial arts because it brings me balance and focus. And I wanna know how others stay motivated as well. So join me for conversations on business, innovation, and entrepreneurship. I'm Dan Schulman. Welcome to Never Stand Still. Hi, everybody. I'm Dan Schulman, the president and CEO of PayPal. And welcome to another episode of Never Stand Still. I'm thrilled today uh, to have Diana Tarazi join me. Most of you know uh, Diana. She probably needs no introduction, but I'm going to go into it anyway uh, for the few of you who don't know who she is. Um, she is a forward uh, for the WNBA Phoenix Mercury uh, team. She's one of today's most popular athletes. ESPN named her as one of the five most important female athletes in the past 20 years. And she has had a ton of accolades and accomplishments uh, over that time. She's won three WNBA championships. She's won the WNBA Most Valuable Player Award. She's won two WNBA Finals MVP awards. She has won four Olympic gold medals. She owns five scoring titles, seven WNBA All-Star teams, and while she was with UConn, uh, she won three NCAA Women's Basketball Championships. And she is also, last but certainly not least, the all-time leading scorer in the WNBA. Did I miss many things, Anna, or was that enough? I think, I think you did your homework. Yeah. <laughs> and I would just say that despite all of those amazing accomplishments, um, Anna is one of the most humble and focused uh, individuals. She has an amazing uh, work ethic. She is a outspoken advocate for equality. Um, and it's such a pleasure to have you on the show, Anna. Mm -hmm. So welcome. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. You bet. You bet. So why don't we dive into a couple of things? And, and it really flows right out of all of these accolades that mm -hmm. I just mentioned. You know, since you've been in high school, college, professional sports, um, you've been in the spotlight. Um, you've been a superstar during that time. And the real question is, like, being in that spotlight, having all those accomplishments, how do you stay grounded? How do you stay focused? on the things that need to get done with all those accomplishments? Um, you know, I was lucky. I always had really good people around me, starting with my family. Um, you know, we're an immigrant family. We came over from Argentina in the 1970s. Um, so, you know, they came, they came to the U.S. with pretty much nothing. They came with their bag, a couple of pieces of clothes, and that was it. So uh, I think just the fabric of how they came here kind of resonated with my sister and I where, you know, working hard, making sure you show up every day on time. Um, those little things to me are like really, really important. Uh, so even this day, being on time, being ready for work. 
Um, and I think that shows a lot of character. And I, and I just, I, I never thought myself as being better than anyone else. Was I a better basketball player? Was I a, a better, you know, shooter than, than some of my teammates? But at the end of the day, I, I never wanted to be any different than, than any of them. If you show up ready to work, uh, to me, that meant more than, you know, any of the accolades that, that you just, that you just said. So, you know, from an early age, I was around a lot of good people, a lot of good friends. Um, and, you know, were there times where I maybe thought I was getting a little bit too big and I had that little circle, which I still have, and they would always bring me back in. And, and, I, and I understood that from a, a really young age. You know, one of the things I talk a lot uh, with my team mm-hmm. is that um, the only way to succeed uh, um, in business, and I know having played sports all of my life as well, um, in sports as well, is by having this really cohesive team um, where you don't have individuals, but you have a team functioning uh, together. And I, and I think that probably couldn't be more true uh, in either of our businesses. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm curious, because this is always easy to talk about and hard to do. How do you pull together a great team where you don't have individuals vying for the spotlight, but you really have the team trying to accomplish uh, the greater good. What have you seen that's worked and what have you seen that mm-hmm. actually hasn't worked? Well, you know, a, a lot of times you think that it's, you know, the similarities that, that would bring you together, but you know, the more I play and the more I'm around different groups of people from playing in Russia and Turkey, you know, in college and the WNBA, it's how do you accept people's differences? Um, and, and how can you meet in the middle? You know, not everyone approaches business the same way. Not everyone approaches the game the same way. So how can I step outside of my comfort zone? And how do you step out of your comfort zone? And how do we meet in the middle to make each other better? Because as we all know, especially in the game of basketball, and, and I'll be the first one to admit, I've had great coaches, great teammates. You have to have great luck. Um, do you have to invest in yourself and make sure you're in great shape? Um, you're around really good people. Um, you know, I got drafted to a great organization in Phoenix from day one, you know, they bet on me and, and every single year they, they've had my back. So there's, there's a lot of factors that go into, you know, making a team work. Um, and, and there's, you know, that special energy that sometimes a group of people just have. And I'm sure you're in, in business meetings and there's certain groups that just vibe and there's certain groups that just don't. <laughs> I mean, it's life. Yeah. Have you ever, um, thought, wow, we've got to make a really difficult decision. And uh, even though a player is a great player, they're just not a team player and that the team would be better off without them, even with their incredible talent. Without a doubt. I mean, in my 16 years of of playing professionally, the teams that won probably weren't necessarily the best team on paper. Um, where I've had teams where you look down up and down the roster and you're like, Oh, how can this team lose? And like you said, people aren't willing to sacrifice a little bit of themselves for, you know, the greater good of the team. And for whatever reason, it's teams that, you know, don't look great on paper, but they just mesh well. Every little component, you know, make sure the next part fits even better. And, and, and those are things that, you know, you can't, you can't overestimate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we were talking uh, earlier and we live in a kind of a strange time right now. Uh, mm-hmm. 
COVID-19 has, you know, so many elements to it. It's a health crisis. It's an economic crisis. It's really turned into many ways a psychological crisis for so many people. Mm -hmm. It's unleashed a torrent of reflection and emotion around things like the Black Lives Matter uh, movement. Mm -hmm. You know, you're doing this uh, call uh, from the bubble uh, in your hotel room, um, Mm -hmm. having maybe two weeks of practice before the season uh, starts. You know, I know that the league is not immune to the same pressures, maybe even more than we at business uh, face. And I think one of the great things about the Black Lives Matter movement is that it is really kind of um, uh, awoken many people in the business community. And I think it has the potential, at least, um, to create uh, paths to some lasting solutions. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot mm-hmm. of things that have to happen, not just now, but in the future too, after the protests dissipate. But how has that affected the league? How mm-hmm. has that affected um, your conversations as well? I mean, it, it's definitely been um, a rude awakening in a lot of ways. Um, you know, to think about the social unrest and, you know, at a certain point as Americans, um, you see this pattern happen over the years as far as the protests and the riots. And uh, to me, what what really, um, really, really hit close to home is how sad and how angry some of my best friends have been. And, you know, playing the game of basketball, being in sports, um, you know, you, you, you think, you know, what people are going through, you know, you think, you know, maybe I can relate. Cause when we walk in the gym, everyone's happy to be there. Cause it's basketball. When I leave the gym and you know, my black teammate leaves the gym, it's two different worlds. We're living in two different worlds. And, you know, I always thought about that, but all this is really hit close to home. And, you know, when I talk to my teammates and the things that they've gone through that they've never shared before. And, um, you know, it, it just makes you really sad in a way. It makes you really reflect on how can you, how can you change your attitude and your behavior towards things, um, whether, you know, you agree with Black Lives Matter or you don't. Um, yeah. I've always been on the side of um, when people are hurting and people are being put in positions to fail, that to me is just not what our country is supposed to be built on. Uh, and it happens all over the world. And it happens in this country more than anywhere else. And, it, and it's really, it's really, it's really hit us hard. And I think the WNBA has taken that momentum and, you know, we've made a stand, you know, the WNBA is 80% black. We're going to, we're going to make sure, you know, what side we're on mm-hmm. and, and we're completely on the side of black lives matter. And that's how we're going to roll from here on out. That's great. You know, you've also been this outspoken advocate um, mm-hmm. for equality um, PayPal also fervently believes in inclusion, Mm -hmm. having a diverse workforce, not standing for discrimination of Mm -hmm. any kind. We've taken actions. Those actions sometimes result in a lot of uh, people who have different ideas, Mm -hmm. um, very upset, and sometimes physical threats and that kind of thing can happen. 
But can you talk a little bit about your advocacy? Can you talk about why it matters so much to you? And also, what do you think either other leaders or other people can do um, in having more and more voices for um, social justice? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's an uncomfortable conversation. Um, It's uncomfortable thoughts. And, you know, people feel attacked. you know, when you talk about Black Lives Matter, you know, people feel attacked by that. And, and, and it's not meant to be an attack. It's meant to bring awareness to situations that need help. Um, and they need systemic help from education to socioeconomic standards that put people in positions that are just caught in this constant wheel of catching up. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you're when you're someone in a position of somewhat you know, fame or power or money, speaking out is the hardest thing. And I think as I've gone older, I've gotten more comfortable in the position of, no, this is how I, what I believe in. Um, and these are the things that need to happen for it to be better for a lot of people. And, uh, you know, you guys do a great job of speaking out for a lot of people that don't have that voice and don't have that platform. Um, and you see people do that and it gives, it gives people a little bit of hope. And, you know, we're in a situation right now where I don't think you can, honestly look around society and see hope. You see a lot of despair. You see a lot of people where they don't care about us. They don't care about me. And and that goes for, you know, on the social justice side of it, the health of our country with COVID. I mean, there's so many issues that, like you said, have come to fruition that, you know, they need attention. They, they, they need a sense of hope. And, you know, hopefully people in my position, in your position, um, tons of players, um, politicians, it, there's leadership that needs to be had right now that I think is, you know, it's failing the people that, that, you know, make this country work. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I actually couldn't agree more. I think we've got a responsibility actually. Absolutely. To step up. Yeah. I, I think it used to be at one time that we would turn to government exclusively mm-hmm. uh, to address, you know, issues in our society. But I think government today is oftentimes very paralyzed, um, has a difficult time uh, mm-hmm. coming uh, to decisions and, and taking action. Uh, and I think, therefore, it's incumbent upon business leaders, uh, those who are leaders um, uh, in the sports world, um, uh, entertainers, whoever it may be, mm-hmm. that we step up. Um, and make a stand that are consistent with our values. And, um, you know, I often think like one person can make a big difference. Um, Absolutely. And that's where movements come from. And so I think um, I really admire all the things that you've done. And I know it hasn't always been easy Mm -hmm. uh, to take those stands, but you do it consistently. Thank you. You know, and and, and as as an athlete, I've been so early in my career, I only focused on basketball. And I thought that was my only responsibility, you know, to be the best basketball player I can be. That's, that's how I'll give back to society. But, you know, that's not enough. Uh, in this day and age where a lot of people don't have a voice and don't have an outlet, um, you know, I could easily be in the same position as they are. And sometimes I am. Um, and, and you forget that, you know, just because you are a, a great basketball player, just because you have this, you do, you might not you might not get the same prejudice another person might get. So, you know, I think we forget that you have to put yourself in, in everyday people's shoes because that's, 
that's life for them every single day. It's hard. And I know because my parents, they, they came to this country. They didn't know English. You know, we, we, we felt that discrimination. You can sense it. You can feel it. Um, and, you know, if you don't speak up for the next person, no one's going to speak up for you. I could not agree more. I fully agree with that. Um, you also had Kobe Bryant as one of your closest mentors. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with his tragic death this past January, I was wondering, um, you know, one, how did the two of you become so close? Uh, mm-hmm. And what, you know, lessons did he impart to you? And and, um, and can you share some of that with us? Yeah, I mean... Um... It, it still seems um, like a bad nightmare. It, it really does. I think um, the impact he had on, you know, obviously the sports world, but um, to the city of Los Angeles, that's where I was born and raised. And, you know, my family still lives there. You know, he really, he personified what the what the city was. You know, he got there as a rookie, he didn't play a lot. And he, he made up his mind. He was going to work every single day. And I think that's what resonated with so many people, you know, whether you were a Laker fan, whether, you know, you hated Kobe because you were a Celtics and a Suns fan, but there was this respect that he demanded because he worked so hard and he wanted it so bad. Um, And, you know, and and the sad part is he was going to be an even better father. He was going to be an even better ambassador of the game of basketball, especially to women's basketball. And we're never going to get to see that. And that to me just breaks my heart um, because he had so much more to give um, to, to the game and and to the people who loved it. Um, you know, we had, we had some really good moments. We had some really great conversations. We, we talked about, you know, how basketball changes us and, you know, how basketball shapes your life. And, um, and, and, and what I loved about him, he was always very honest. Um, and I think that's what people respect. People don't like phonies. People like people who are honest. You can see through people who are faking it and he never did. And there were times where that maybe got him in trouble and people didn't always resonate with his message, but it was always honest. It was always earnest. He always wanted to do what was best. Uh, and, you know, to this day, I, I, you know, when I, when I look back on our times and our, and, and the moments we shared, I st- I, it's still heartbreaking for his family, for, for a lot of people. Yeah. How did you meet him? Diana? So we met, so we always had a connection, you know, uh, back then, look how we're talking. Back then, you know, there was no Instagram. There was no Twitter. There was literally maybe a text or, you know, when you saw someone, that's literally the only time you talked to them. Uh, so for a long time, we had met uh, at an NBA All-Star. I went to Russia. He was obviously playing with the Lakers back and forth. And, um, you know, at the Olympics in 2008 in Beijing, uh, Nike had a suite where all the athletes would go. That was kind of our outlet to, you know, being away from other people in the hotel uh, and we would just have long conversations. We'd get a bottle of wine. We'd play cards. Um, and he was so intense. Um, I think 2008, they just lost to Boston. And he was going through a magazine, and there was a picture of Paul Pierce. And he rips out a picture <laughs> of Paul Pierce. He folds it up. He puts it in his pocket. And he goes, motivation. And I'm like, this guy's insane. And I loved it. Because there was there was a certain recklessness of love that we have of the game together. And we saw that in each other. And, um, you know, those are just, it's just a a very sad, sad moment. 
Yeah. What's a beautiful story though about him. Um, um, so that was one moment where, you know, sort of a, a gut punch to you, but you've had so many moments, um, Mm -hmm. in your, in your life that have been difficult. You've had injuries, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, where you've struggled to get back, uh, from those, you know, this year is a strange year where you're trying to hopefully put together a season in a shortened fashion. And and so can you talk about, because nobody, even someone as accomplished um, as you've been, it's never straight and up to the right. It's always Mm -hmm. a very bumpy ride. And um, and a lot of times where, you know, you think to yourself, is it, all worth it to just get back up and try and do it all over again. Can you maybe give the people who are watching this a sense of how you think about it, how you go through those ups and downs and then get back up? Well, you you know, sometimes you think um, what other people think is success for you. Uh, Sometimes you pay way too much attention to that. Like in the last two years, I've learned more about myself than I have through all the championships, all the gold medals. And you know what? May it pay off? It might not, and it, and it may. But I know in the in the last year and a half that the patience that I've learned, I'm not a very patient very patient person. I'm like ready to get after it every single day. I've had to pull back on on so many things that I thought were always my strengths, and now I'm sitting there like, oh, I can't go to the gym today. I need to rest. I need to do these little things to get me back on the court where to me, it was eight hours on the court every single day. So I've learned a lot about myself and, you know, and and an appreciation for having people around you that support you. I think that's huge. Um, And, you know, when you have people around you that know you and support you and, and the times you're not feeling well, all it takes is one word, one text, one phone call. Um, and, and, you know, when you're doing it for other people, something great always comes out in you. You know, if you're just doing it for yourself, you're going to let yourself down. But if you're, if you're leaning on other people, that's when the best comes out. And I've always been, you know, we're a Italian family. It's always for the family. That's, that's, you know, if you're in my circle, it's for the family. And, and I, pl- I feel like I play for a lot of people, not just for myself. Yeah. I think that's a great way to think about it. It's like, if you can think bigger than yourself, then right. actually maybe getting back up and uh, and being part of something. Um, and also time heals a lot of things very quickly. You know, as we get older, we think about things differently. We're more reflective and, uh, and there's always time to do more and more. Um, so, um, Dan, I want to thank you uh, for your time. That was such Absolutely. a, uh, that 25 minutes, half hour went by like that. And um, wish you the best of luck. Uh, in the thank you so season. much. I hope you and the team do great this year. And, uh, and again, thanks. Well, we're super excited. We got you guys on our chest, so we'll be, we'll be representing for sure. Thank you. Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Diana.